Hello and welcome to this episode of So What's Up. This week I'm with Kath, Rebecca and Sam and we're going to be talking about mental health and social media. So social media and mental health has quite a bad rep at the minute, um, especially with everything really going on, with us not being able to go outside and spending a lot of time on social media. And um, yeah, I just wanted to get the team together really and see how everyone else finds it. So Sam, how do you, how do you feel spending most of your time online? Um, I mean, it's kind of something that I wish I didn't spend as much time online on really, I think. Um, there's a, social media brings a lot of you know good things and bad things. Um, obviously, we're going to discuss all them. Um, but yeah, I just look. This it's a it's a good topic to discuss. I think we were just talking about before I hit record and what our average screen time was. And um, all of us obviously work in marketing, and um, social media is a huge part of um, especially mine and Rebecca's roles. And um, I think Sam and Kath, you're a little bit less exposed to it because you don't sit on it all day. Mm-hmm. But um, do you know what your average screen time is? Quite high, I think, but it isn't. It isn't all social media. No, mine's more playing stupid games. Playing <laughs> stupid <laughs> games. <laughs> My um, average a- average time a day on social media is. Um, Four hours and I think it was 32 minutes. Um, LinkedIn's my biggest one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is a time waster. It is a time waster. <laughs> I mean, just looking through people's sales drivel on there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Rebecca, what's your average screen time? Um, my whole screen time combined would be two hours and 55 minutes, which is actually quite good. That is quite I good, actually. <laughs> um, but I know I make an effort to try and not go on my phone as much because I sit on my laptop all day and I can spend six, seven hours on there. So I, when I go home, I'm like, no, put it away. Make the effort to not sit on TikTok and, like you say, just scroll through it endlessly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely a killer. And I think, um, I think it's just hard to not be exposed to it all day. So I actually spend more time on my phone than I do on my work laptop or even my um, normal laptop. Cause I, I do, do now. Yeah, I? I do quite a bit of work from my phone, especially with like sending emails and stuff. And then I even really bring the laptop out if it requires me to like write something on there. Because I, spe- I suppose with like having a phone, everything's just so easily accessible all the time. And it's like the notifications and then like since I've bought an Apple Watch as well and it pulls through, it's just endless. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot easier. I desperately wanted a laptop, but now I don't use it as much as I thought I would. But no. certain things you still have to use on there. Yeah, don't definitely. really work properly on your apps. No, especially yeah. Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> I, pr- I, much, I much prefer Facebook and LinkedIn on my phone now. Yeah. No, I think Facebook on the desktop, though, is just so overwhelming. Like, um, talking about social media and mental health, I think Facebook is just one of those where you just go on there and it's just a barrage of useless information. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like Im- Im- information overload as well. Like, especially how it's set up now. It's got, like, a game centre, a video centre, a shop centre. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird how, I guess, Facebook is starting to be used now as well. It's more for, like private groups and stuff like I notice that you're yeah you're part of quite a few groups on there aren't you yeah groups and pages and all sorts of different things um and a lot of it I think is habit as well yeah I'll I'll be flicking through and then I think right I've caught up with everything and then I put my phone down and then 
30 seconds later, I pick it up again and open Facebook. Why have I just done that? Yeah, I think um, there's a, I read an article recently as well about this thing called context switching. So um, it was like a productivity article. And um, it was basically saying now that because our brains and our brains have got used to how we use our phones. So, um, for example, I go on there in the morning and I'll look at like LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, emails. And like (laughs) I do all that within the space of like 10 minutes. And then I've got so much information that's just like spinning around in my head. And it's like... Now, whenever I go to deep focus on something, like I actually have to get myself in the mood to like focus on something. And it's because like our brains have got so used to this like thing called context switching because you're just switching from app to app to app all day. Yeah, definitely. I did want to deactivate Facebook. I decided there's no point. I don't need it. And uh, I was about to do it. And James said to me, you can't do that. People will assume we've split up. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, fine, okay then. So I've kept it. And I did try looking at it a lot less, and I've just got way back into the habit again. Yeah, I think this is key, isn't it? It's just habit. So I think, um, I guess, we'll come towards the end and, like, tips on how to limit social media usage and, like, some of the things that, like, we've all put in place to, like, help with our own mental health, especially, like, to safeguard the sort of stuff that we have to do, especially with me being on it all day. Like, I genuinely do not think that if I wasn't on social media as much as I am in the way that I am, I don't think I'd be as good as my uh, at my job as I am. Like, because... Well, it is very relevant to what you do. Yeah. So you pick up, you know, it, you have to be using it for posting things, but you also pick up news and, you know, new things. I said yeah. you've got to be quite reactive yeah. in, in your roles to stuff that comes out. And say like the last half an hour, you got. You'd know about about it, and then I'd probably find out a week later. By (laughs) 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 yeah, Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, like um, with us, especially like with me doing the workshops with clients and stuff that I do, where I actually teach them like how to use the channels and like how to optimize their content and stuff on there. Like the way that I've kind of like found it with like content creation is I have a framework that like I've used pretty much for like the last two years while I've been doing this role the framework of how I create and like kind of strategize around the content ideas I'm doing hasn't changed at all Mm. but the channels change every single day and the only reason that I know that and I can kind of like adapt to it is because I'm in them every single day so you see it when it happens yeah both for work but also like for pleasure as well I think with lockdown, what kind of like really stuck with me was that it was, I found it really hard actually free lockdown because like before, um, before lockdown, obviously I was still working in marketing and like working on social media and stuff, but um, I could kind of like go home and chill and like I'd call my friends and like mm. I'd like see them outside. But then during lockdown, my social life moved online as well. And then it was kind of like a double whammy because I I kind of saw it as like work and then I didn't want to talk to my friends as much and then I felt like really kind of alone and secluded because... I got like that with lockdown. I kind of didn't want to be on the social media talking to people for some bizarre reason. I don't... You'd think with all the spare time that we had, you'd do it more, but I actually did it less. Yeah, I think so as well. And I think it was nice to actually like have a break from it, but then you've got the double... Like it was the double-edged sword really then like your relationships with people start suffering yeah mm-hmm. and then they think like because I was always on it before like oh why is Chelsea not talking to me like have yeah. I done something wrong and it's yeah. like actually now I just feel super burnt out from yeah. like 
being on it all day at work and then having to like basically do it again for another eight hours mm. yeah when you I think it can feel quite daunting sometimes trying to keep up with everything and feeling like you need to be seen yeah I read something the other day and they said it how ironic it is that social media is designed to bring people together and mm. maintain connections but actually the increased uses makes you feel more lonely definitely more depressed anxiety things like that so it's kind of doing the wrong thing definitely and I think yeah. because so this is something I was thinking about over the last few months. People put their best selves on, don't they? So you yeah. take yeah. you take the selfie sixteen times, or you change the angle, or you put tidy up before the back. You know, yeah. the background showing in the pictures. Filters, filters, yeah. the works. And I did decide that I would start posting the crappy pictures mm-hmm. and yeah. the bad things. Yeah. I've just not quite plucked up the courage yet. Oh, I, I will do yeah. it. But you know, sometimes I'll take a picture and think, oh my god. Mm. Um, and I think that's the one I should post, really. Yeah. Um, but I haven't quite got there. It will be coming soon. I yeah. think <laughs> with that, like, so whenever I go out with my friends and stuff, like, I have barely any pictures with my friends mm. because, like, I'm so there, like, in the moment and yeah. I try mm. my best to be and, like, actually enjoy the situation. Mm. But then I've got friends that are like, oh, can you take a picture of me? And then yeah. it's like I end up being, like, the sodding photographer on, like, yeah. a girl's <laughs> trip. We discovered this, actually. I think it was on one of our birthdays that, me and a few friends, literally no photos together. No. Yeah. And it's like we don't see each other. No, <laughs> but we do. There's just no evidence. Yeah. So one of my friends I've been friends with now for like eight years and we've not got, we've got one picture together, literally just one. And she's yeah. like my best friend. Like yeah. she's probably as close to me as a sister is. And mm. it's insane. And then like other friends, because they're the type of people to like want to take pictures. Yeah. Like I have way. I think it puts you off, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had I've got one friend and we were saying you know we haven't actually got a picture I think the last one was before lockdown and then before that probably about three years so we made a point when we could go out for a coffee outside we took a photo I think (laughs) it just goes to show though like how I guess curated people's lives are because if you looked at like our feeds then it would look like we're so much closer to those people that we just happen to have more pictures with yeah whereas like in reality it's not that true no it's just, just happened to be there when yeah. the photo's taken, not necessarily part of it. And I think yeah. it, when you start to look at things through that lens, it kind of shows you how like kind of curated it can be. And I think as well, what's helped me with seeing the kind of like lack of authenticity on social media is because I'm obviously optimizing clients' social media yeah. every single day. Yeah. And then like I've had friends as well come to me like, um, oh how do I get more followers on my personal account? Like, what should I be doing? Like, should I be, like, kind of posting on Instagram, like, in a, in a rhythm? And, like, what times are the best times to post? So people are asking me to help them optimise their personal feeds. Which I find a bit strange. And I think that's the, the constant need for gratification, isn't it? You want mm. people to like it. You want people to comment nicely. You want praise. Yeah, definitely. And I think when you start to see that then and then like people are optimizing their feeds and they're getting like I guess 300 400 500 likes just on like a picture of it's them, addictive like, really isn't it it's addictive yeah. but then like you start to compare yourself to them definitely like yeah. on my Instagram I've had to like turn mine into private like for a few reasons really like through like family jobs and stuff and like the professions that some of my family members work in but like if before then, like, I had the pressure of, like, having a public Instagram feed, 
and I actually work in social media and mm. if I was only getting like 25 likes on a picture yeah. and then I had a friend that like I don't know works in teaching and gets like 500 mm. yeah. I'd be like that's showing me up mm. like I work in this field like I should be getting more yeah. likes and yeah. then it makes you kind of feel a bit crappy about it mm. which is crazy because you don't need to promote yourself no yeah. <laughs> not on Instagram anyway well no <laughs> there are other channels for that yeah. <laughs> but no I think um, when it kind of when you boil down to it like the lack of authenticity and then the comparison culture that that brings like it's it's weird because it's such on such a big level as well like I suppose 20 years ago like everyone's always compared themselves to other people like it is normal and that's kind of the way that our brains are wired to work it was in person before you didn't have a picture to dwell over yeah Mm. so like you kind of and it was only people really like in your vicinity so I guess like I know like the Joneses down the road had like a new car and like you're still driving like one with a reg that's five years old and it'd be that sort of thing whereas like now you you can't get away from it no you just can't get away from it and it's like people that you don't even understand their situation or like the sacrifice that they've had to make to you can never ever know what's behind the post Somebody, you know, could post the happiest of things and look happy, but behind, you know, behind closed doors, they're really, really struggling and they're trying to hide that fact. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like there is, I think social media, it can be quite good because obviously we had mental health awareness week last week and people were trying to raise awareness of it. But even then, like, I find quite a lot of the posts quite performative and especially when you go onto like some platforms like Twitter and it's kind of like people are trying to like outdo each other mm. on who's had like the worst experience yeah. or like kind of just I don't know it's like almost they kind of compete against each other yeah I think um looking at the different posts I mean I don't really use Twitter to be fair I briefly look at it every now and again but you see people post their stories and their things and you think oh oh should I post mine and maybe I should be more out there with my own struggles and then you think does anyone want to hear that? Well, I don't know. Would it help someone? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and you do. You worry then about whether it's right or wrong to do that. And then you do see other people doing it almost in a gloating way. Yeah. Which is a bit strange. I think especially like with there's a lot of talk at the moment, isn't there, about burnout and hustle culture. Mm. And like almost people are wearing like the kind of stress and anxiety and burnout as like yeah. a badge of honour to prove how hard they work. Yeah. And it's not necessarily anything to do with that. No, like, because hap- I'd happily say, like, I I work quite a lot of hours, but I'm genuinely so passionate about my role. Yeah. That doesn't stress me out. No. What stresses me out is, like, the expectations around kind of, like, having to get back to people, like, friends, like, pretty much instantaneously. Yes. It's that sort of stuff that, or, like, the kind of need to share huge life events on there and like basically the lack of privacy that comes with it especially like if you're quite a reserved person Mm. which like I am naturally like I don't really like telling people what's going on in my life but they expect to see it now there's like an insistence that like everyone shares everything and it's all over Instagram and stuff but I think um you had a few good points on this, didn't you, Sam, about like how celebrities are being treated at the moment and like how there's kind of, they're just always expected to be on and like kind of show their best selves, especially around like football and things like that. Yeah, exactly. So I think just getting back to you, your comparison culture part, I think, I think people feel like obliged to show every part of their lives, no matter how big or small it is, you know, mm-hmm. whether 
people are buying houses, buying cars, having having kids or whatever. Um, you feel like you say obliged to um, to show that when really, I mean, say if you, I mean, I don't look at Instagram followers or anything like that because I I just I keep the people who I want to be close to. Uh, close to me on other things, do you know what I mean? So say like Facebook or Messenger mm-hmm. and Snapchat and stuff. And I mean, you can, you don't have to show like the three hundred people you made or however many people you're friends with on Facebook. You know, because you you don't need that verification to people you mm-hmm. you haven't spoken to for like five years mm-hmm. since you went to school with them or whatever. So it's like, so it's kind of like a, a whole. What's the what's the point really? Because I mean, you just. Either it's either they're showing off to you or you're trying to, you know, show off to them, kind of yeah, like, look yeah. how successful I am. Yeah. But you don't really interact with them more necessarily, yeah. you know. Yeah, there's an element of, for me anyway, um, I didn't have a happy time at school. So sometimes when I post things, it's a bit of a sticking your fingers up, going, well, actually, you <laughs> break me. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is also great at the same, at the same time, do you know what I mean? Um, and just going back to the whole celebrity life, I feel like if you're someone like a reality star, say if you've been on Love Island or something like <laughs> one of the shows like that, you kind of, your life is then your brand as yes. well. So It's not your life anymore, is it? I think ex- exactly. It's, it's, so it's fans somebody... Some you get the impression that fans think actually you're just doing it for them and yeah. you're not entitled to your own life anymore. Exactly. And to try and make yourself more interesting or your brand more interesting or whatever, you kind of have to be like, yeah, I've got this car. It's it's very fast and very nice <laughs> and very yeah. You know what I mean? Well, same um, like you said about Love Island. I, I admit I have started watching it. Um, I came to it late in life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I saw a post I don't know about a month or so ago about two of the people that had been on it and they broke up and they felt the need to both put an individual statement out. I mean, they're to call them celebrities they were just on love island yeah and they felt the need to put the statement out saying that you know nobody was at fault and they're still friends and all this kind of thing i mean that's quite sad really that they felt the need they had to do that because they've got to explain to people yeah, the yeah behind done, yeah. what they're doing and yeah it's something so personal life. something yeah. so personal exactly. to them yeah. none of our business mm. i think like even because obviously we see it but then i see that with my friends and stuff when they like kind of split up and mm. things on there and like it's Almost like, because I was in a in a long-term relationship like a few years ago and then like before we broke it off, like we decided not to take it off Facebook until we could tell the people that like yeah. were close to us because one thing that I didn't want was to like have it taken down and then like, but I wouldn't have shared that I was single on there anyway because I'm not that type <laughs> of person. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but like, I didn't want people to like see that it wasn't there yeah. and then to start messaging me and asking me if it was okay because it was kind of like, oh, no, like, just don't pry. Just Let me deal it with it first. Yeah. And then but then yeah. other things as well, like, so how you were saying about school, like how you kind of like you as a stick two fingers up at people, like I'm the exact opposite. Like if someone has been really mean to me, then... I don't want them knowing anything about me. Well, that's so the thing, though. I'm not friends with any of the people that did yeah. cause me the bother, so it's irrelevant anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, mine's more kind of, like, I, I, I try to block people, and, mm. like, I don't want them on there. But then when it gets to, like... So I've, I've always been quite lucky. Like, no one ev- has ever really been mean to me, apart from, like, once in a professional setting. Yeah. And then that's, like, well, I 
kind of can't take those people off LinkedIn because then it would actually yeah. bring light about the situation. Yeah, it's a bit and different, isn't it? Yeah, so it's kind of like, I don't know, you feel like stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like you don't want these people to like see what you're up to mm. and kind of like what you're doing anymore. But then you kind of can't stop them. No, not really, because the most they can find things out about you, however private your social media is, they can still yeah. find certain things, depending on what you do for a living as well. Yeah. Um, you know, for like your company website and things like that. Yeah. And especially on LinkedIn, because like with me being part of like the business development team here, like I have to talk about things that we're doing. Yeah. And like you need to be seen. <laughs> yeah, I kinda need to. It's like part of my KPIs, but like yeah. it's Every time, like, I post something, like, I've had to really get over in my head because, like, with being quite a private person anyway, like, I've had to build up this resilience to actually, like, talk to people online and, like, kind of yeah. share my thoughts and my opinions, which, like, being a young woman especially, like, it can be quite hard at times, especially mm. when you think, like, there's been so many people that do this role, like, for longer than me and, like, they've actually studied the subject, whereas, like, I didn't study marketing, I just started... Mm. working like I fell into it you kind of feel to yourself sometimes like well what gives me the right to offer my opinion yeah. on this yeah and it's it's quite tough but like I've I've toughened up a lot recently and like yeah. I do now share my opinion and stuff and I think I've annoyed yeah. a few people I've been trolled a bit on LinkedIn yeah but like I, I see it as a badge of honor now <laughs> yeah <laughs> see I'm not thick-skinned enough for that yet <laughs> I'm like, yes, I've annoyed this man by saying something completely irrelevant. <laughs> but yeah. It's um yeah, it's one of them. You just have to I don't know. It's fine, it's it just improves it. your engagement rates on the post anyway. So well, that's <laughs> it's a win win. Publicity's good publicity. Exactly. <laughs> well <laughs> but um I think with everything going on then at the moment, like with social media, we're starting to get to a point now where like they are actually starting to be pulled up on what they have to do to help people with mental health mm -hmm. like um so i can remember my generation was like the first generation to really grow up with it like yeah. around 10 years ago <laughs> and i remember this once like i was just sat at school with my friends and then like this massive fight erupted out of nowhere <laughs> like on the lawn and like that didn't really happen at my school mm. like it was quite a good one mm. and um like, it just came out of nowhere. There was no kind of, like, build-up or anything. And usually, like, when things like that happen, you get, like, rumours and, like, yeah. oh, so-and-so's meeting, like, come and watch. But, yeah. like, it just erupted out of nowhere. But it had all been going on on Facebook. Right. So yeah. there was no, like, it kind of all happened online and then, like, colluded to this, like, big thing. And, like, teachers didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Like, parents didn't know how to deal with it because they'd never had to. Whereas, like, now when kind of I've got quite a few friends that are teachers, like they're hot on social media and stuff yeah. in schools and like now social media channels are being held to account really for the way that they're allowing yeah. people to behave. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think Rebecca's done some research into um, how they're actually, well, trying to help people with their mental health now. Yeah, so Instagram is testing this new um, thing basically on direct messages. So it's got a predefined list of like phrases or words mm. which are classed as like um, could be harmful to someone or discriminatory or so they've got this list and if you get a DM off someone it goes into a different um, like inbox that's hidden. Oh, okay. So you'll never see their messages. I think you can switch the feature on or off, but then 
you've you got the choice to sing them if you yeah, want to. Yeah, it puts you in control of okay. if you want to see the messages or not. Um, That's a good idea. And then Facebook and Instagram are also testing whether they want to like hide likes of a s- comparison. You know, like, like if your friend gets five hundred likes and you only get twenty five, they're testing actually um, not seeing likes. So mm. it's just people have like this. There's no oh, okay. numbers involved. It's yeah. more of like a. It's not comparison. It's not figures and analytics, and mm. so yeah, that's that would be quite a good thing. But then I that think. again, I think will affect the people that thrive on the competition of it. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. my kind of thing with that is like, how the hell am I going to like give value now to clients? Unless you can see it yourself, but yeah, no one you else can uh, see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, mm. you can still see it yourself. And a lot of influencers come out and said, "Well, this is harmful to me and my personal brand because yes, if." pretty little thing come to me and say yeah. we want to work with you how do they know how many likes i've got unless That's i have true. to tell them mm. so i think they're testing the feature is whether you can you can switch it on Choose or off you're in yeah. control yeah i suppose we ought to have the choice really because otherwise mm. it's a little bit dictatory isn't it i think so yeah but then also you're going to have the thing where like you can turn <laughs> it on or off but then the people that actually get the good metrics are all just going to keep it on <laughs> Yeah, so true. then the people that aren't are going to turn it off and then it's kind yeah. of like... It defeats the point anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 I mean, YouTube gives you a similar a similar uh, kind of metric so you can turn off your like-dislike ratio on videos. Depend Obviously, mm. uh, okay. if it's turned off, usually it kind of hides uh, what might not be as a more popular video yeah. as, as what the uh, kind of want it to. So it might have a lot of dislikes, so they kind of try and make it look a bit better than it is. But you can do it on that, which, I mean, uh, it all just helps to to help see a lot more clarity on, mm. you know, to yourself rather than trying to be like, oh, well, this, you know, I'm losing relevancy, especially if you're mm. your whole role or your career is based on being uh, proactive in the online space. Mm. Yeah. I'm quite glad that Facebook and the like didn't come about until I was in my 20s, so I didn't have to deal with it at school. Yeah. I really don't think that would have helped me in any way. Yeah. So I feel sorry for kids growing up with it um luckily my daughter only really is on instagram and snapchat and she barely looks at those to be fair so luckily it all washes over her head a little bit but i know other kids at school have been on facebook since they were way too young yeah Yeah. um and i just i just don't think it's healthy no i think it's also way too like yes they set these kind of like age limits on there so i believe well, when I was younger, you weren't allowed to have a Facebook account until you were 13. I think that's still the thing. But yeah. People just put yeah, a Facebook. Yeah, you, you can just, there's no checking. I mean, my daughter's 13 next week. Um, she's already got these accounts. She's already got yeah. Instagram, um, but she probably shouldn't. And it took me a while to allow her, to be fair. She was, I think, after a lot of her friends. Um, but I don't think she's got any interest in Facebook, so I'm quite glad with that. Yeah, I think... There's a lot of, I think one thing that we haven't touched on actually is kind of like how people are so different online to how they are in person. Definitely. So like people are a lot more kind of polite or like they wouldn't say boo to a goosey mm. face. And then like yeah. as soon as it comes online, like it's they're just relentless. Some and of the groups I'm yeah. in and some of the things I see, it just, I, I want to go on there and you know, just put a meme on saying, just be nice. There's <laughs> yeah. just yeah. no need. Just just be polite to people. You can have different opinions without laying into them. And that uh, that really gets to me. And I think if it was aimed at me, I would take it really, really personally, even though 
it isn't entirely. Mm. Um, and I don't think people realise quite what they're doing. No, I think a lot of people now do kind of feel like a bit provocateurish. Mm. Like they don't really, they can get very personal very quickly. Yeah. So like instead of I don't know if you if me and you had like a debate on there or something mm. like I don't know you wanted you preferred like the Peloton bike and I thought the Peloton tread was better yeah like that mm. sort of thing yeah, yeah but then like but it is really petty things that yeah. people argue over but then yeah. they get so personal over yeah. it so I'd be here like calling you all names under the sun just Definitely. because you prefer a different exercise machine exactly. to and me it's just crazy <laughs> it's just yeah I I think you've summed it up it's just crazy. But people feel like they're in it, they're allowed to do it and they're able yeah. to. Yeah. I think one thing that kind of helped me with that, though, to be fair, like, um, so I studied English at uni and we had to do this whole kind of, like, thing about what it was called, like, the death of the author. And basically, as soon as anything anyone puts anything out there, like, be it a book or a poem, mm. like... It's so open to interpretation. Oh, yeah. And I think that's helped me realise that, like, I can have the best intentions with, like, anything that I put out. And I could really want it to be valuable. I could want it to be helpful. But I have no control whatsoever if someone wants to come on there and call me, like, all names under the sun because they don't agree. I was having a conversation. I can't remember who it was with me. It might have been my mum about um, about texting, Mm -hmm. WhatsApp and whatever, and reading the tone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now I've got one of my friends. We've been friends since school. I'm not going to say how long. Mm-hmm. And we ki- we know each other that well that we can read our tone. We know what the punctuation. You know, if there's no punctuation, it's a really bad mood. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, you you can just tell from the words and the tone. But then other people, you can't. But you think you can. Mm, so you're yeah. reading something and you're like, oh oh, they're really annoyed with me. When actually they're not at all. They're yeah. just in a rush. Yeah. Or, and it's going to be the same on social media mm-hmm. you don't know the intent behind it unless it's spelled out in black and white and no one's going to do that mm. i mean donald trump's quite um, explicit in his moods isn't he with his tweets well, yeah. when he was allowed on there <laughs> yeah that, that's probably one that's quite obvious but yeah. <laughs> i think a lot of the time you know you, you don't necessarily unless you, like, unless you know someone really really well you're not going to be able to read the tone 100 percent of the time no, definitely There was something not. on Radio 1 this morning, I don't know if anyone else heard it, but about putting kisses on the end of text. Yes. So whether it's acceptable, whether you do it to strangers. Yeah. If some woman called in and she said, I wouldn't dream of putting a full stop, because that to me says angry. Mm. And that's oh. just literally a full stop. Yeah, isn't it strange? Um, yeah. That I'm to a me bit says good punctuation, but like... Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's yeah. me. I prefer... I like punctuating a text. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably over-punctuate. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's it's so strange, actually, like, when you come to mention it, because then you've got other people that, like, send kisses, like, on the end of, like, Facebook comments and stuff. Yeah. Not even I, f- I mean, I'm not... I don't do it as a rule, but sometimes I do, and I don't know what makes me do it and what no, makes me not yeah, do it. I'm so mm. inconsistent with I it. I am, very... <laughs> Like sometimes people get like four, and then like yeah. the next day they just get like one with an exclamation point. And then, and then <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I've done that, and I thought, well, I put a kiss there, and I haven't put it there. Oh, do you think they're going to be annoyed with me? And yeah. it's ridiculous. Mm. I had one once. Like I had a manager that had like send me a text with like a kiss on the end, but then wouldn't send my colleague one with a kiss on the end. And then they were like, well, you're yeah. obviously the favourite. Then it's like I don't mm. think it is. Yeah, I I mean, sometimes it's <laughs> habit as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's a kind of you just kind of. Um, sync to who you're talking to as well. That's if yes. you've interacted with them uh, a lot of times, you kind of just yeah. you kind of know how to speak to people. And yeah. like my the best friends, way. I don't do it with. 
me, me either. But also as well, it's really strange, like, with, like, some people, like, so, for example, like, in my head, I'd never ever send you a text with a kiss on the end, Sam, because you've got a girlfriend. But then, like, another guy that I'm friends with that yeah. is single, like, I probably would. Like, I if I was saying something nice. Yeah. Sometimes I put the uh, the kissy face emoji instead. Mm. Mm. To me, that seems better. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, one of the best things away from my girlfriend is when we're texting I can always tell if she's in like she's had like a bad day or something or she's in a mood because she, she just won't put text on uh, kisses on the end of the text and we, we <laughs> no. always we always <laughs> laugh we always laugh about it so um so she, I don't think she'll mind me saying this but um, <laughs> Name uh, but, but yeah but yeah it's 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 you kind of but like with that I understand what the tone of it is and like what is going yeah. on in that Day, I suppose that kind of gives you pre-warning to when she comes home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It's just preparation. Yeah. Preparation is key. It's wise, really. <laughs> you know to stay out of her way. <laughs> yeah. It's effective. Well, maybe effective. go home and, like, stop off at Morrison's and grab some chocolate. Yeah, on yeah. The exactly. exactly. It's, yeah. A, it's a win-win to be able to analyse that. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds really robotic. It really isn't that deep. No. <laughs> I think, yeah, you just get into the swing of it, though, don't you? It's like I think it depends what you're talking about as well. Yeah, like if it's sort of an emotional conversation or something like that, or where you know if it's a shopping list, you might not put kisses on. You know, I think. See, <laughs> I'm the more like I kind of like try and offset like a practical message. Usually, me telling someone what to do yeah. with a kiss. Yeah. Whereas if it's emotional, I won't. Yeah. I, I won't. It's really weird. Maybe it depends what you want from the person as well. Yeah, to do what yeah. I'm telling them most yeah. of the time. <laughs> yeah, trying to butter them up a bit, maybe four kisses. <laughs> but, then, but then sometimes you'll see people online who do it. When they're having a little tip online, uh, say on Twitter, for example, and each other's replies, they'll put one on the end out to spite. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well, there's, there's, exactly, there's, there's nothing nice or uh, considerate in that in that kiss oh. at all. It, it, it's the opposite effect. Yeah, <laughs> I've not seen it done like that. So basically then what we're saying is punctuation and kisses are just the whole reason behind mental health the illnesses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. just don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I've, I've seen, you know, I've heard people say, oh, I only got one kiss, does that mean you've gone off me? Probably <laughs> <laughs> not. I mean, really? Because you know how, like, before him, obviously, like, there's not really that many rom-coms out nowadays where they actually, like, bring stuff. But, like, you know, like, the classics, like, how mm. to lose a guy in ten days and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sort of stuff that, like, they should be talking about now on rom-coms, like... I yeah. don't know, like, oh, analysing people's, like, <laughs> Tinder profiles yeah. and things yeah. like that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, online dating is just a whole other kind of, like, s- uh, yeah, just maybe not one for this podcast, but, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole other podcast. So we'll we'll throw in OnlyFans as well in that one, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <God>. yeah. <laughs> I think lockdown's given that a bit of a boost, hasn't oh, it? Yep, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, um takeaways then on uh, maybe how people can use maybe how they can kind of like adapt their social media usage then to like maybe help with their mental health like Mm -hmm. what do you guys do um i make sure it's a positive place so i don't want to go on facebook or instagram or wherever and feel and come off it and feel negative Mm. and i know i've done it before you kind of like self-sabotage you go on there and you think why am i scrolling through this Mm. person's Instagram because I'm constantly comparing myself so trying to make a space where it's only positive so I'm blocking people who might not have um, a positive impact people who have got no real relevance don't bother following them like make it a place where you go and Mm. you can connect with people and 
maintain relationships that mm. are positive. Because people that you care about and yeah, actually interested in. Yeah, that's what yeah. it's intended to do. If you've got family abroad, you don't see. That's it. Because, I mean, I live 200 miles away from all my family, so I like to see what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and I'm inherently nosy as well. <laughs> so I like to see what anyone's doing, to be fair. Mm. You know, I, I am that nosy. But I really should go through and delete people that I don't essentially don't know. Yeah. Because, like you say, they don't bring anything to me. I'm, I, but then on the other hand, the whole thing goes through my mind, well, if I delete them and then they realise, then are they going to be wondered, wondering what they've done? So then I just take it to a whole other level. Yeah, so you kind of overthink the overthinkingness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you on that one. Maybe send them a kiss first and then delete them. <laughs> <laughs> XOXO, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any tips, Sam? Um, I would, I mean, maybe. I'd say I'd probably use the, the social media's... Um, algorithm to my advantage so for example say for on tiktok for example um like i said there's, not, there's a lot of positive and negative content on any platform you ever go on it's just how things get clicks and reactions and just how um they work but yeah so like with tiktok i kind of just like the content that i want pushed to me so if it's something you know relevant like football f1 or Something like that, then that's kind of the primary content I'll then get served in the future. Yeah. Um, I yeah. don't then get served similar things um, that have as like as much like negative because there's like you'll find there's a lot of people that just call out people mm. online as well. So if mm. if you start, you know, like that's quite a negative, um, yeah. a negative kind of content to post on regularly. Um, obviously, it's controversial, so it'll do the the numbers that they need for it to. Um, become successful and mm. give them reason to keep posting that content. But then, if mm. you don't interact with that on TikTok or something, you won't see as much of that content in the future. Um, you might still see it from time to time, just because it's trying to always constantly yeah. learn about what you want to see. But you can, you know, you kind of then just get a base premise of what that video is probably going to be about, so you can just skip past it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but then, like you say with Facebook and stuff, um, I'd like like the kind of people and pages you interact with seem to come up first as well um that's if you kind of view them intermittently as well so that's yeah. kind of that's kind of what i do i just interact with the content that i care about anything else just yeah. kind of gets uh burnt off but just i mean the whole comparison has been a big underlying subject in this which is one of my worst traits um like i always always comparing what i'm doing in my life and and where i am Definitely in my career yeah. and stuff to people uh Whoever they are, yeah, just like, oh, you know, well, you know, they're doing this role and I'm this age, they're this age. Yeah. There's only yeah. three so years, so many years between. You're like, oh, yeah. okay. Because if you start to consume yourself, it, it does it does weigh heavily on you. So yeah, it can eat yeah. away at you. Yeah, definitely. I think, like, um, one of the best things that I've done is, um, so I went to counselling about, like, 18 months ago. And that taught me how to, like, reframe things. Mm. So now, if, like, ever... Because I used to struggle with, like, seeing people who were my age and, like, mm. they were doing this and, like, this person got this job out of university and I was, like, I have no idea what I want to do. Like, and even now, like, um, when I see people that are a lot more kind of, like, I know they appear to be more successful than I am. But that like, word appear is really important yeah. there. Mm. It's, like, I kind of reframe it in my head because obviously, like, I suppose 
you see how glorified startups have become mm. and like having your own business and being your own boss yeah. but like I also know that like from working in a relatively young agency previously before I came here like the MD there like she used to make sure that everyone else was looked after more than herself like mm-hmm. she used to sit at, like the worst desk it was yeah. like right by the window and she was always freezing mm-hmm. and it's like when you see things like that and then you actually see the other side of it yeah, and like how definitely. much that person's like sacrificing and yeah. how hard they have to work yeah. to like kind of get to where they are and I suppose it's like also seen people at different stages of the journey because mm. then like I came here and yeah. it's like a kind of 15 year old agency it, yeah. and it's like James can like be a counsellor and like do all of that but then actually like when you start talking to him you realise it was like 10 years before he even took a holiday oh god yeah we didn't and have family holidays or yeah. anything I mean I had I w- obviously we'd started so marketing um, and then I fell pregnant with Mila yeah and I was in hospital the week before she was born and then I had to stay in for two weeks, and then I was back at work. Yeah. Yeah, Rich, Rich and James always say that they used to, well, this might be an understatement, you used to work like 16-hour days or whatever, so you'd yeah, go yeah, and then go in and go home yeah. at, say, yeah. midnight and back and in at eight. And it wouldn't stop at home either. That's <laughs> no. the other thing. It would be quite constant. It took a long time for it to get to a point where we could almost be like the nine to five. Yeah. And not Obviously, there are issues that crop up that you do have to deal with out of hours. But at the very beginning, there was there was no out of hours yeah you just can't switch off can you you can't no and I think you know we started off in the old building we should probably arrange some kind of visit there (laughs) so you can see marketing museum yeah (laughs) yeah exactly like you know when it was just me and James I think maybe Rich as well we didn't actually have any heating in there yeah so I'd sit there with one of those gas fired Mm. uh, oil fired uh, radiators between my thighs you know (laughs) and all my coat on everything and then look at this now wow can't imagine that but everything has to start and you, you build up and yeah. I think it's easy to look at what we've got now and think wow that just was handed to you on a plate kind of no. thing and it, that really isn't the case so I think that's one of the things when you say people appear in a certain way you don't know what it took to get there no and I think like now whenever like there's any hardship or stuff that like I kind of feel like I'm going through like I work really really hard and I work quite long hours mm. but like not just with soap, but like I'm yeah. not saying that they work me too hard. Sorry, yeah. Catherine. Mm. But <laughs> we'll have a chat afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but like um, with like personal projects and stuff that I have, but like that is me choosing to do that, and I know that like if I carry on doing it, like hopefully it'll pay off. Exactly. I don't know, but like no, there are no guarantees. But if you put the work in, that's essentially yeah. But then like I see other people, like all my friends going out and stuff, and like having a fun time, and mm. then like I guess we've not really touched upon like FOMO, like fear of missing out, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> all the stuff that that can bring. Yeah. But it's just um, it's just an absolute minefield, like the kind of like emotions and like the triggers, I guess, that social media can bring up. Definitely, and it does, doesn't it? You know, you can see certain things, and you think, oh, I couldn't do that. Oh, look at them; they're really good at that. Well, I'm a failure. Yeah. And yeah. just and when you're really not, yeah. you know. And because it's just there, it's a constant reminder. Exactly. It and never leaves you. You know, and it's one of those things, isn't it? You scroll through and you put your phone down and I don't know, half an hour later you're scrolling through and you see it again. Mm. It doesn't just disappear because you've seen it once. No, it kind of comes back, I think. But Rebecca had such a good point, though. And even Sam, like, kind of cu- curating your feed, like, mm. that's what I'd call it. Yeah. Like, um, because I spend a lot of time on social media. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can tell from my screen reports. <laughs> like... I've had to though because like I've yes I've developed a thick skin but like I'm also human like I have bad days yeah and 
I like I kind of do what Rebecca does like I don't really um interact well I do what Sam does and don't really interact with anything mm. if I do see it and it's like negative I actively go out of my way to like block people and like unfollow people if yeah. like it's going to trigger me like I don't look at certain things so if I wake up and I'm feeling really anxious one day I won't look at the news no and I won't go on Facebook or Twitter because all it is is news yeah. and it's just knowing yourself I think you have to get to that level where you yeah. really know yourself and what you can handle that day that's true that's a good point be self-aware and knowing what your yeah. emotions are I don't think I look anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's tricky because like I said before a lot of it is habit now um, it's been around that long it's just part yeah. of your day isn't yeah, it yeah so it's just like you say it's a part of people's lives now yeah. to, to wake up and probably the first thing you go on on Facebook maybe yeah. before you even get out of bed yeah you pick your phone up have I missed anything yeah this is it and I think like one thing that I will say especially if you have like iPhones like I can't talk about any other phone because I've never had a different <laughs> phone but like you can limit your screen time you can like kind of put on do not disturbs at certain yeah. times and things yeah. like that so like I've got quite good now at actually setting up my tech to stop me from being kind of like detrimental yeah. to myself so good idea do not disturb goes on at around nine o'clock and then I spend like the last two hours of my night unless I'm in a mood where I know that I can hack being on like WhatsApp and stuff and talking to people. Mm. I spend the last two hours of my night from nine till 11 like reading yeah. and I try not to go on tech before bed. See, I found myself I'm reading and I get to the end of a chapter I think right I best check my phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why because something's happened. Yeah, I think um, it's just weird, isn't it? The kind of traps that you fall into. And mm. then, like, also, I also have Do Not Disturb turned on until half eight. Yeah. So I don't get notifications set from, like, nine till half eight in the morning, which means that, like, if I wake up at seven, I don't see them mm. for the first hour and a half, and I can actually start my day in, like, a mindful way. I actually changed my phone. I always keep it silent because it's always going off. But I had it so that it was vibrating. Um and a few months ago, I changed it so it didn't make a noise or vibrate or anything. Yeah. And actually, that was quite calming. So then it's only you're looking at it when you choose to look at it. Yeah. That's quite a good one. Yeah. No, I like that idea. But no, there's so many different things that you can do, I guess, to actually help with things. And um, if you do want any help with um, optimising your social media feed or um, you just want to get in touch and ch chat about it a little bit more with us, just let us know but thanks for listening and hopefully you've enjoyed this one as we have <laughs>